Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Schill, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm Colin Thomas, Senior Instructor at iPhone Life, filling in for David. Yes, thanks so much for joining us today, Colin. It's my pleasure. We both have the iOS 17 public beta installed on our iPhones and have been using all the new features for the past few weeks. So we're here today to tell you our hands-on experiences with it. Yeah, we're going to dive right into all the different uh, new features that are coming out with iOS 17, some of which are actually pretty cool and exciting. When Agreed. they first announced it, I was like, these seem like really small updates. And it is kind of cool because a lot of the updates are just quality of life stuff. It's little, but good. Agreed. Yeah, it's been fun because we have a team of people at iPhone Life testing out all the new features and writing a guide on it. So I've been going through that and then testing all the features myself in order to edit the guide. And I've been pleasantly surprised at how much I'm liking all the updates. So it's gonna be fun to share it with all of you so you know what is coming to your iPhone in September, all the good stuff coming your way. But before we get into that, we have a message from our sponsors. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by CaseBuddy. CaseBuddy makes travel cases and accessories for your tech, and they have some really cool products tailored to Apple devices. They make ear loops for your AirPods so that they won't fall out. There's nothing worse than an AirPod falling out. You can't find it. CaseBuddy also makes sturdy travel cases for your chargers and your cables so they're safe when you're on the go. They also make a product which has been really popular with our audience called the Crossbody Lanyard. It's a strap that goes over your shoulder and connects to your iPhone. This is perfect for those situations where you want to keep your device close at hand but don't necessarily want to be holding it. You can check out all of Case Buddy's gear by going to their website, gobuddy.com. That's G-O-B-U-D-I.com. You can also find them on Amazon by searching Case Buddy, C-A-S-E-B-U-D-I. Today's iPhone Life podcast is brought to you by OWC. OWC makes super high quality gear for Mac, iPad, and iPhone. They make the best portable solid state hard drives on the market. They're super durable and they're also small and sleek. They're perfect for moving or storing photos and videos from your Mac or your iPad Pro, which is how I use mine. If you're a MacBook Pro user, you know the struggle of not having enough ports or the right kind of ports to connect something to your computer. OWC also makes docks and adapters, which solve this problem for you. I keep the OWC travel dock in my computer bag all the time and it saved me so many times. Just last week, I used it to connect my MacBook Pro to the TV in our hotel room. They also sell used Macs, iPads, and iPhones. So if you're looking to update your device and not break the bank, check them out. You can find OWC by going to their website MacSales.com. That's M-A-C-S-A-L-E-S.com. Today's iPhone Life is brought to you by Eargo. Eargo makes a smart hearing aid that is virtually invisible. It's the perfect device for techie people with mild to moderate hearing loss. You can control the way you hear from your iPhone with immersive EQ controls that can be matched to whatever environment you're in. I think that's so cool. They also have a team of audiologists and hearing specialists that you can talk to over the phone or via their website. They're currently offering a free sample so you can try it out and see if it's a good fit. You can find Eargo at their website, 
ergo.com. That's E-A-R-G-O.com. I also wanted to take a minute to tell you about our own free offering, the iPhone Life Tip of the Day newsletter. It's uh, probably our most popular thing we offer. There are 500,000 people subscribed to it. And when you sign up, you get a one minute tip in your email inbox every morning, teaching you something cool you can do with your iPhone. So we have people writing in all the time. I love the daily tip. I read it over my morning coffee. All my friends and family are asking me how I'm so smart and know how to do so many cool things with my iPhone. This is sort of your secret weapon to learn all of the cool Apple tricks and hacks that you won't find anywhere else. So go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up and join 500,000 other happy free subscribers. Next, I wanted to tell you about our um, premium offering as well. We have an educational service called iPhone Life Insider, which is the destination for really maximizing use of all of your Apple devices. So it's a community of Apple enthusiasts and lifelong learners. We have 16,000 members and we have guides, courses, our digital subscription to the magazine, a premium version of this podcast, and ask an expert where you can write in your questions to our team and we write back uh, a video version of our daily tips and much more. It's all part of the membership. Colin is our senior instructor. Many of you may recognize them and they uh, do an amazing job teaching live courses all the time. Uh, Colin, you wanna tell us about the latest course you just taught? We just wrapped up a photo editing course, our first ever photo editing course, highly uh, requested. So we went ahead and put it together. It's eight sessions, uh, four lessons and four Q&As in which we go into all the photo editing tools on your iPhone, starting with the Photos app and then branching out into some third party photo editing apps, including Photoshop Express and Lenza and Canva and a bunch of other really cool third party apps. And we're drawing on some of my experience as a color um, and we did, a, um, we have a bunch of really cool little tips. So in the photos app, one tip that I'd love to share is well, very popular during the course is when you're editing a photo in the photos app, you open the photos app, you go tap on the photo you want to edit, and then you hit the edit link at the top, right? And once you've done that, you're in the editor you can adjust all the different dials and tweaks to get the photo looking just how you want. But a really useful tweak, a really useful tip is to tap on the photo to reveal how it used to look before you began editing it. Tapping on the photo to reveal how it used to look gives you a chance to compare it with the original and to make sure the edits you're making actually look good, which... I love this tip. The more you edit, sometimes you can jump the shark and wander off <laughs> from, yes. from something that actually looks good. And you can always tap to reveal the original photo to compare. Yeah, I find this to be invaluable because it's amazing once you start playing with things like filters and saturation, it's easy to be like, ooh, this is looking cool. Let me add more. more Let me add more, more of this. And more. you kind of, <laughs> I know exactly. You completely lose your frame of reference. And a lot of times if you use this feature, um, so it's just tapping, it's not pressing and holding, right? It's, it used to be pressing and holding, but now it's just tapping. And so just tapping will take you back to the original. Um, and a lot of times has led me to scale back a little bit or um, at least just tweak it further. 
So that was when I, I joined Colin for some of the sessions. Um, and that I was amazed at how many people didn't know about that feature. I think that was like a big one that people got a lot out of. Really useful little tip while editing photos. And there are a ton more. We went through four different lessons. Mm -hmm. It's now all recorded on the Insider website. So if you are an insider uh, with us at iPhone Life, if you go to insider.iphonelife.com and click on courses at the top, you can go visit the uh, photo editing course and all of our courses are recorded and stored online. Uh, so just to, um, to loop back to the insider part of it, if you are not an insider and you would like to sign up, if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you can get 30% off just for listening to this podcast. Um, once you're an insider, you have unlimited access to all of our courses. Colin also just taught a security course earlier this year. Um, the security course and the photo editing course have been our most popular offerings ever outside of our iOS courses and guides, which of course are coming, which is coming in right September, up. where we teach you all the new features as soon as they roll out to your devices. So you um, don't have to go and dig through yourself and figure out, re-figure out how to use your iPhone. We help you do that. So iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. I highly recommend signing up now. You can, uh, you can attend the photo editing and security course, and then you're also in and ready to go as soon as iOS 17 comes out in September. Also, we have a senior discount. You get an extra 10% off if you're a senior veteran or service personnel, so you can get up to 40% off at checkout, iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. So on the topic of photo editing, uh, we did want to share that fun tip with you. I hope that also you listening at home, everyone listening at home, that you just take out your iPhone and follow along with us as we do these things. Um, it's it's uh, easier to get it, I think, when you have your phone out and are testing it out yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, but another topic I, on the photo editing theme that I wanted to uh, share that our insiders have been writing in about is how to digitize photos. It's one, it's a really common topic that we get from yeah, people. We had a ton of questions about this. It was interesting because I dedicated a whole lesson to digitizing old photos and to going through the tweaks and how to edit and update them. But the truth is that most of the time when you've got old photos to restore, you've got a whole lot of old photos to restore Yeah. and taking photos of them one at a time with your iPhone isn't going to be the fastest way to do it. You're going to want to use a service. And so we had a couple of insiders write in with recommendations of different services to try, but it turns out that our founder, Hal Goldstein, also has tried one. So we're going to have call, uh, we're going to call Hal and have him talk about his experience with digitizing photos. Yes. Let's give him a call. Um, remind me, do I need to do anything besides actually just call him? Okay, we have a new soundboard that we can do things yeah. like this now. So it does, <laughs> we're it, it, it does cool things like play sounds, and we can we can dial in guests. So we're calling Hal Goldstein. Hal Goldstein founded iPhone Life. Hey, Hal. Hello. Hello. How's it hey, going? Donna. Can you hear us? Okay. I can hear you perfectly. How about how about you? Yeah, this is great. You have uh, Cullen and Donna on the line right now. We're recording our podcast and we're just telling listeners about Legacy Box. That's the name of the service that you use to digitize your photos, right? Yeah, yeah. So could you tell us what led you to like, why you chose Legacy Box and how that worked for you? Yeah, so I, I, I had um, literally, I don't know, close to 2,000 uh, photos 
uh, physical photos from everything from my great grandparents to my grandparents' wedding in 1812 and all sorts of 20th century photos. But I'm looking at this album that I created from 300 di uh, digital photos, photos that are digitized. And it just brings back all this wonderful, beautiful memory you know, of my early childhood and my parents and college and life and adopted children and Oh, I'm just looking at them. Are you looking, you're looking at all these photos on your iPhone now because they've been digitized. Is that right? Yes. Thank you for clarifying it. Yes. So I'm looking at actually on, on a big iPad. So out of those uh, 1,500 to 2,000, well, first of all, I had to find them all because they were scattered all over the house and in all sorts of places that were just sitting there. And anyways, I discovered when I went through all these boxes, um, on these old movie reels of like home movies when mm -hmm. I was a uh, kid and I found the slides. Those are going to um, be hard to digitize the, without a service. Yeah, yes, yes. And then I found some, um, uh, the, the, the uh, legacy that what, what you guys are doing in um, the late 80s, I made a videotape of how to use the HP Portable Plus. It was... Um, our magazine, our, the first magazine that I launched, uh, eventually I, helped, I launched uh, iPhone Life. Um, and so I have like four hours of VC video uh, of me uh, talking about how to use this, um, uh, this H Portable Plus. And so I, I did some more Googling and researching and I ended up finding Legacy, um, which promised to digitize anything I had. And so it took a, a good while because I, I whittled down all my photos. The, the, the way they do it is I, uh, they, call t they have units. So I could, the film was one unit, the VCR, each VCR is a unit, um, uh, 25 photos is a unit, um, and, and so on. And so I created, a, I cr got down to 300 photos and... Um, and put in VCRs, and, and they ended up sending me this big box, and um, I put a little tape that they gave me on, on each of my units. And About how much did you end up spending then on all that? So basically, when you figure the photos were about, somewhere about 60, 70 cents a photo. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not cheap. Um, but also if you're, if you, if you sign up for them, I kept watching for sales and, the, and, um, you don't usually have to pay what the price that they advertise. They're yes. all, it's all, it's typical things where the, they give you a price and then they're always giving you offers. Um, were you, yeah. were you happy with the scan quality? I was reasonably happy. I'm looking at these pictures now, and it just brings up so much. My heart just it's just all these yeah, it's wonderful. a lot of treasure. It, it is, um, and I was reasonably happy. I wish I had seen your course um, that you just did, um, because probably some of them I would have just taken photos with my iPhone and did some editing um, based on on your class. Uh, but overall. You know, I, I, I'm reasonably happy. They, they, I think they did a good job. To I'm me, looking if, through you them. Have, if you have like VHS and other things like that to add to your collection too, a service like this makes sense because you 
can't really scan them yourself uh, or you, you, know, you can't. There are ways I've done it, but it's just a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Putting it all in a box yeah. and sending it in is nice. And then I was going to ask, do they send you basically a link or something like that, that, that lets you then download it all onto your iPhone or iPad? No, it's interesting what they, what they do. Well, they give you different options, but basically they sent back a thumb drive. Mm, you could, okay. They could you could choose a DVD or other options that they give you. Um, but for me, it was really easy. I just put the thumb drive in my PC um, and and uh, uh, and put the photos in iCloud Photos. Mm-hmm. And then they just showed up on my iPhone. And so um, uh, it worked out really well. And the other nice thing, actually, from, I think, did, I don't know, Colin, did you teach the class on um, the photos a, a couple of years ago? A year ago, mm-hmm. or, yeah, uh, the photos act class, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a lot out of that too because I, I put all the photos in um, one album, uh, and and so that I, I I had them in one place in case I screwed up things, and then I made other albums of you know it's like when I was a kid or my um, or my father World War Two and oh. all those. And then yeah. um, I was easily able to date them uh, and put a place. And then with the fo- with the fact that you can put picture, you can um, you know touch the, the the head of the of a person. Like I've got all these. Um, um, identifying I can people. Find, yeah, identifying yeah, people. You can teach your phone who's who, and then it will identify them all. Yeah, it's really. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so my mother, I could, you know, find, or, or my wife, or, or, uh, uh, just, um, it, it's really, it's, it was really nice, and so I, and it's also in the, um, I forgot what you call it, the main, uh, uh, chronologically sorted, yeah, uh, album, the all uh, photos the, the, tab, yeah, 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 it's like I, I, in nineteen twelve, all of a sudden, there's a group of photos that come you know a few Isn't photos cool that come up your photo timeline go all the way back That's to very cool well how yeah, we need then... to move on we're gonna uh, get into our ios 17 section but thank you so much for uh picking up our call and telling us about legacy box i know it's one of our most common questions from our insiders yeah. uh wanting to know how to digitize their old photos so thanks for sharing how it worked out for you oh believe me it just brought up all sorts of good old memories looking at the photos again so thanks Thanks, Cheers. bye, Hal. Yep. That was fun. We'll have to keep keep testing yeah. out that feature. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so uh, as Hal was mentioning, in the course that Colin taught, we go over, it's like once you've added all these old photos, you're going to want to have them show up like from the actual date they were taken. And so that's something you can go in and manually yeah. do. And we Adding do teach how to do that. to the photos is a really cool thing to do because then they auto sort in your timeline. You can find them by their date and then it'll yeah. create memories from different years and going all the way back in your history. Yeah. By the way, Legacy Box is not a sponsor of ours. It's just a, a service. Yep. There are other ones too that you can find and use, but um, it is kind of a way to shortcut doing all that manual work yourself. So without further ado, we are going to start talking about iOS 17. Let's start with talking about when we're expecting it to come out and who can get it. So um, based on the past few years, we looked and we're thinking September 6th should be the announcement date. Apple has their fall announcement where they announce the new iPhones. And it's usually a few days after that, that we 
um, actually get the rollout of iOS of, of the next version of iOS. Usually. So, Usually, with Apple a, follows certain patterns, but they also don't care if they break their patterns. So, and they don't tell us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so but, we're guessing. Um, definitely, like a September, it would be pretty shocking for them not to have a September announcement um, within the first couple weeks yeah. of September. But within uh, after that, it's mostly speculation. So September sixth, we may get the announcement date. September 11th, we may get the rollout of iOS 17. But that gives you a general timeline of when you can expect this to roll out to your device. Um, it is compatible with the iPhone 10 and later, uh, the new iOS version. So for a long time, Apple had stayed around the iPhone 8, I believe, in terms of features. And so it may be the push you need to get a new iPhone. <laughs> yeah, if you're still on an iPhone 8, then Apple's giving you a gentle nudge to say it might be time to move on. Your battery's probably suffering a little bit in that iPhone 8 by now. Um, iPhone 10 is the first iPhone that I got when I started working here at iPhone Life. Um, and that one will still be compatible. And by 10, it's the X, XS and XR. Yeah. So Colin, what were, uh, you know, we, you mentioned at the top of the episode a little bit about your thoughts on iOS 17, but, um, yeah, what are your, what were your overall impressions and favorite features or so favorite feature? The iOS 17 isn't, it doesn't bring anything like super ground shaking as far as I can tell. And, you know, there's no, like, it's not like they're introducing widgets, um, like they did before, um, or, or some, you know, new communication feature or something. But what they are bringing is a ton of great updates to little things. Yeah. So uh, for one, my favorite feature, the thing that made me immediately go out and get even the developer beta, because I was like, I want that. I want that immediately, is widgets now actually do things. Yeah, They're not just pure information displays. So the widgets that you've added to your home screen, your lock screen, uh, not your lock screen, your home screen, your... your um, Today view. Today view. Thank you. Um, that you. They now have can have buttons on them, so they. It's not just telling you what your favorite podcasts are for some reason. Like why would I need to know that? I know. You can now activate the podcast from the widget on your home screen without even opening the podcast app. And um, apps that have like check boxes, you can actually check them off on the right. widget, like, like reminders or streaks. Yeah. And it doesn't just launch that app, which it's like, no, great. It's I already like, know where that app icon is. I don't need a widget to right. launch it. The widgets are now little like functional versions of the app yeah. that you can reach without opening the app. And that opens the door to a huge <laughs> amount of functionality on your iPhone for common tasks. So like for me, the home widget, there's like two devices in my house that I'm constantly turning on and off mm -hmm. using the using HomeKit and the home app. And having to open the app to do it, it was just like two extra taps every time, hundreds of times, yeah, like a month. So being able to just do that from the home screen is great. You're eliminating like one daily annoyance of being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's I would a minor agree. annoyance, but it's a big, I don't know. I like it a lot. I want yeah. it. It feels very satisfying. Um, I agree. That's one of my favorites too. And I would agree with you about the overall feeling of iOS 17. Um, I would say that 
while um, during the announcement, I, I also had the same impression of being like, oh, not a lot of big changes. Actually going through and testing out all the new features, I have been really excited about this update. Yeah. And the other thing I would say about it too is there are a lot of hidden updates. Um, that you'd kind of have to know where to look to discover what's cool about it because it's not one of those updates where you update your phone and it looks really different. It looks pretty much the same um, if you don't if you don't really know where to look. There's a few little cosmetic changes here and there, mm -hmm. and some, but you do have to dig deeper. I mean, just in prepping for this episode, Donna was showing me a few features that I was like, I had, I've been using this for weeks. I had no idea that was there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of cool hidden updates. Um, so with the interactive widgets, the, my favorite ones so far, um, have been the podcast. And then also you can now set multiple timers, which is nice. Um, with that, like show up as widgets on your screen. Um, reminders is an app that I've liked for a long time. And the fact that, but I didn't like the widget. And now that I can choose which list to show up and then actually mark things off in the widget. It, now it's, it's part of my widget stack on my home screen. Yeah. So interactable widgets, mm -hmm. um, multiple timers at the same time. Yeah. Seems which, like a small thing, but it, you know, really think that cooking this is meals one of these for people. It's, it's like, nice. Well, sh that should have been there all along. True. <laughs> but it is now. Um, so that's nice. You could do it on your Apple watch, but you not could. on your iPhone. It's true. And that's one reason why I have been using my Apple watch for timers uh, ever since I got an Apple watch. Yeah. Um, another new feature is they're getting rid of the Hey in Hey Siri. I have been liking that too, by really? the way. Oh, I Hmm. You don't I'm not like use it. The word hate. I dislike it. <laughs> just because it's too easy to activate. Siri has started activating all the time, just okay. constantly. Like there's a door in my house that squeaks, and apparently Siri thinks that it's saying Siri's name. Um, uh, wait, seriously? <laughs> yes. Oh no! Every time the door opens or closes, the HomePod is like, "Yes." Yeah, that's but you can it's a feature you can opt in or out of. Yes. So you do have some freedom in that, which is good. So, but but what so one thing I like with Siri though is like so you can activate it like Colin said. I'm not gonna do that because everything in our room is gonna start talking to <laughs> yes. us. Um but the other thing you can do is it's more conversational now. Like you can ask, you can say a prompt and then let Siri respond and then say another prompt without activating again, without doing the initiation again. And like, basically you can kind of have a conversation with Siri yeah. and ask the, your digital assistant to do a few different things for you. And so I've been playing with that and that's really nice. Cause I like also have a smart home. Um, I like using Siri frequently. And so it's just making it a little easier. There's less overhead of being like, wait, what will, uh, be recognized and one won't, you know? I, I have noticed that series become much easier to use. Mm -hmm. That there's just little subtle things about the timing of commands that work better now. Siri doesn't stop listening halfway through a command because I, I couldn't figure out how to phrase it. Or it, it, it used to feel like Siri would kind of wander off. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You'd like say one thing and then that wouldn't be the end of the things that you wanted to say and Siri would just turn off. But that's less likely to happen now, which makes it a lot more useful. Agreed. Um, other features that I like 
they're, they're ones I wasn't necessarily expecting to like that much. And that is the contact poster and yeah, the really stickers. Like so those yeah. were both things that I was like, okay, okay those sound, those are like the quote unquote fun features that Apple's adding, but they actually are fun. And they I actually like them. Are. Yeah. A lot of the time when Apple adds these like Memoji or whatever, you know, the f everybody loves Memoji. Uh, I don't know. Apple. Or like message I think effects. People don't actually love Memoji all that much. <laughs> yeah. I think Memoji never really took off. Message effects, I actually feel like people use more now. It just message took some years. Cool. It took a little while to, to catch on, but mes message effects can be a cool way to emphasize. But yeah, sometimes Apple misses the mark when they try to be cool and fun and like hip with the kids, you know? <laughs> um, but the, the uh, stickers. Hi I, there, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the stickers I've actually been loving, and that's because, so basically, in the Messages app, there's a new message app drawer. There used to be, or for all of you listening at home, there is um, like a list of little icons above the Messages app that are yeah. all the available apps. Now there's a little plus icon with iOS 17. You hit that and it opens up a new list. Um, slidey menu. Yeah. A slidey menu, which I, I like, like it's better. It's much more aesthetic. It's also much more practical. Like it, you don't have to tap on this tiny little icon above your keyboard, you get a whole list of icons. They're much more reasonably sized. You can fit more on there. Mm -hmm. um, they get their whole name written out because it is a vertical list. Um, this is a much better way to do it. Uh, yeah. And it's one of the more visual differences of right. iOS 17. When you go to write a message, it, it looks really different. And here we're talking about the messaging apps, right? So when you go yeah. to send a message in the messages app, text message or or iMessage, there's a list of little apps that can do different things. You can send um, GIFs with Imgur or... Um, or add photos from your photo roll. Or add photos from your photo roll. So those are the, your messages apps. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And you've been able to send stickers before and I was never that into them. But right. now when you go... Now. So stickers is one of your options if you select that. Um, you'll be prompted to create your own stickers from photos that you have. So right. if you use live photos, particularly, it's really fun because you can pick a photo that has some motion in it, select that, and it will uh, loop that motion with the sticker. So for instance, one of our, our managing editor, Amy, has a really adorable daughter, and she's been making stickers of, of her daughter doing hilarious things and like wearing a uh, like lab coat and look, look, looking like a little scientist or just having a bunch of attitude and a leather jacket and it's sending them to us, and it's great. I love it. The thing about this feature is it's like the culmination of a bunch of different little updates that on their own, nobody cared about. So yeah. stickers, nobody cared about stickers. We're the, not 12. Right. Yeah. I mean, stickers are cool, but I can get a bunch of stickers off Amazon or whatever and use like real stickers. Like I don't yeah. need to text message fake stickers to people. That was not something <laughs> that anyone cared about. <laughs> but it turns out I do care about it. <laughs> yeah, because, and then they let us do the little highlighty thing where you can copy a person out of their photo. Right? Yeah. To remove the background of the photo. But like, What's that for? Like, where I do know. I put that? Why does it? Why, I liked that I could do, I do that. that. It kind of yeah. gave me like a Photoshop-like skill that was super easy. I'm like, oh, wow, I can cut yeah. someone out. But it, yeah, there but wasn't a clear use of it, right. except okay. for creating like maybe a lock screen or something. So now you can touch and hold on a person to copy them out of a live photo and into a sticker. 
And that's actually awesome. So when you take all these different yeah. little pieces, live photos, most people didn't like those when they rolled out. Stickers, nobody liked stickers when they rolled out. <laughs> Copying people out of photos, nobody liked that when it rolled out. It's been like six years in the making. But yeah. now you can copy a person out of a live photo into a sticker and actually it's awesome. And I'm pretty sure like everyone's going to use this. Yes. Like this is what, something that will take off because, you know, people, if you have adorable kids or pets in your life, like you're going to want to make live stickers out of them and send them to everyone. I really feel like we're not selling this. Like, it doesn't sound all that cool. We're like, believe us, it's cool. <laughs> I promise you it's actually great. <laughs> I know. Well, and then, yeah, there's also options to make them, like, look holographic, like yeah. the stickers you did use when you were 12. Those <laughs> ones I wasn't as excited about. To me, it's all about it's another fun use of live photos. Yeah, um, you basically get to make little gifts out of your live photos, but they're, like, really little gifts. So they're these perfect little encapsulations of moments. Yeah. It's great. Um, so there's that. The contact poster is another interesting one. So now um, sort of your contact card, you can design and make it look really cool. And to all other phones that have iOS 17, they'll see right. it the way that you want it to. So this is the poster that pops up when you get um, a phone call, an incoming phone call. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying you're getting a call from Donna, which it used to be text on the screen or maybe just a little icon of your face. Yeah. Now you get a full screen um, contact card that your contact who's calling you has designed themselves. So you can go into your contacts app and design your own contacts card, and that will be what people see when you call them as long as they have an iPhone. Um, this is one of these features that, I don't know, it didn't sound all that great, but actually it's it should have maybe been this way for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's nice because you can stylize it. Like yeah. before you could choose a photo to go with your contact card, but now like there are a lot of cool filters you can apply. Like I had fun with it and fonts for your name. Um, you can also, you can choose an emoji or like an icon or just your initials if you yeah. don't want to have a photo of yourself. So you're not stuck doing that. Yeah, but that's fair. Um, I feel like everybody's put all the different social medias are pushing us to use these like Mimoji cartoon characters instead of our faces. I'm not sure why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that I'm, yeah, I'm not that into Mimoji. It's a topic for another day, but yeah. I won't be using that. In addition to contact posters, we also have the catch up function, which will pop up a little arrow at the top of a text message thread. If you've gotten a ton of text messages since you last checked the thread. Mm -hmm. So if you open a thread that you've been getting a bunch of messages, you haven't read any of them, there will now be a link to pop you back up to the last thing you saw so that you can get caught up. This is nice. Um, it's a feature of many chat messaging yeah. programs. I, I appreciate that Apple's brought it into the text, into the SMS iMessages app. Another thing I like is, you know how, um, I think it was last year in group messages, they added the ability to press and hold to reply to a certain person within yeah. a thread. Now all you have to do is swipe right on that thread and it automatically yep. creates a little reply. Just a little bit easier matching how people were actually using it. I think people were yeah. using that function a lot, so they made it a little easier to do. But that, those are examples of little hidden updates that are useful, but you kind of need to know that they're there in order to take advantage of them. Um, live voicemail and transcription of audio messages. Those are big ones too that yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really this. enjoying. So now when you get a voicemail, it will automatically create a transcription of the voicemail. Now it's been doing transcriptions in the voicemail 
section of the phone app for a while. But now, while they are recording the voicemail, it will show on your screen that you are receiving a voicemail and uh-huh. it will transcribe it live. So the phone will ring. If you don't pick up, it goes, you're getting a voicemail. It switches from ringing phone to you're receiving a voicemail. And it shows the text of the voicemail on your screen as they record it. And you can listen to it live too. Like there's a button to tap on it to like hear. It's like the olden days yes. of answering machines. It's like the olden days of answering machines where you could actually listen to them recording their message. Yes. Yeah. Which it is, used to be more of a function. Like you would screen people that way, like yeah. wait for the answering machine to hear who it is. In this case, um, unless it's an unknown caller, you know who it is, but you can hear what they want to talk to you about before you choose whether to pick well, up or not. There's still a whole category. I mean, any contact that's in my phone, I'm likely to pick up, but there's still a whole category of people whose calls I actually want, but whose numbers I won't recognize, like the car mechanic or yeah. the, you know, the, the lawn service or the somebody, doctor, the maybe. doctor that yeah. I called. Right. So having the ability to see when they're actually recording a voice message. I mean, immediately that distinguishes all the scammers and spammers that are constantly calling me. Yeah. Um, and that this is a great feature. I wish they would do it across the board in other apps too. Like it was just like a thing that you would always do. Like somebody sends me a voice message in the messages in Facebook messenger or something like that, but it only works in the phone app mm-hmm. and it does work with voice messages in the messages app. So if you're using uh, text messaging, voice messages in mm-hmm. text messaging, it will create a transcription of the voice message. Yeah. The only way it does work different is that with the live voicemail, you can actually pick it up. Yes. Like, I mean, audio messages, I like sending because a lot of times I'm sending it because I don't want to talk on the phone. Like, so (laughs) it's working perfectly as it should. But, uh, with live voicemail, it's taking us back to the answering machine days too. And that you can pick it up, which I totally startled someone recently. One of my (laughs) friends leaving a message when I picked up the, uh, hi. (laughs) So that's going to be an interesting change. I'm sure once we adopt, adopt to it, everyone will like it, but at first you might freak some people out. So what else? Um, standby mode. Uh, I was just testing out yeah. with Colin before we recorded this episode. That is a landscape mode function now that you can use with your iPhone that um, basically makes it into a big digital clock that you can design. And also it like makes the widgets larger. So there's certain like live activity widgets that yeah. might be more useful to you in landscape mode, but that one you have to be, have your phone plugged in and turn it into landscape mode and have it be on the lock screen. And this is basically designed for people who are charging their phone next to their bed overnight. Yeah. Which I think is most of us, us, maybe all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, it's not technically recommended for best battery life, even though yeah. the optimized battery charging helps with that, but still the official recommendation wouldn't be to do that. But I have a MagSafe dock by my bed and I do use it and being able to swivel it into landscape mode and have it act as a digital clock is going to be handy. Yes. And the digital clock will automatically dim based on the hour. Yeah. So it'll switch to this schedule. like deep red um, clock face that won't ruin your night vision and will be less intrusive. Um, it's, I like that. This is, a, this is a great idea. I think this is going to be one of those ideas that needs to be refined a little bit as people, as, as the rubber meets the road, so to speak, because I think almost everybody 
uses their phone as their bedside clock at this point. Yeah. Um, and having that acknowledged by having a bedside clock mode for your phone is a great idea. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it's, I, I'm a little concerned that it's pretty bright. Um, yeah, I, I don't really like any light coming from yeah, my phone. I don't want any light in my room when I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's going to be like attention aware or anything that'd like that. That'd be cool. But yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but that one was a fun one to test out. Um, do you have any other favorite features? Well, so one thing that's coming with iOS 17 is offline Apple Maps. We'll have the ability to designate an area of the map. Um, to save to your phone, which can be very helpful when cross-country driving. When you're road tripping, you don't want to run into a no-service zone and that be the exact moment that you get lost, um, as it will almost inevitably be. So this feature lets you save the map in advance. Uh, it's been a while since I needed that, but I have needed it in my yeah. life. I have definitely gotten lost in areas where there was no cell reception. Also uh, traveling internationally, I've yeah. used like Google Maps has had that feature for a long time. And that's why I used that app for traveling in Italy. Yeah. And I found it really helpful. Um, but so I, even though it's a, a feature that a lot of other apps have had for a while, it is still a pretty big update to the Apple Maps app. Um, Apple Maps has been, been improving over the years and getting more things like multi-stop routes that they should have had for a long time. And this kind of, to me, was like the final big thing that I've been waiting for. Yeah, I've switched over to using Apple Maps. I don't use Google Maps almost ever anymore. I really, really? Yeah, the thing that did it for me was having an Apple Watch and the way that Google Maps will tap your wrist when you're approaching your It's trip. nice, I like that. It's really nice. The tiny little haptic, like, hey, it's coming up. Here it is. Okay, turn now. That physical touch of the of the watch vibrating as you approach your turns, uh, it makes a big difference. Like I, I find that much less intrusive and also much more noticeable than yeah. Google Maps shouting at me. <laughs> so yeah, Apple Maps going offline. And then we still have a bunch of other features to go through, but I think so far we've gone over a lot of the ones that you'll notice right away or that right. are more like everyday features we think you should know about like the interactive widgets all of those messages app up updates and the ones to the phone like those are significant updates to those core apps um, but there's also been a focus on mental health in this update that's interesting yeah. that will apply to a lot of people but might not be one that's like as widely used um the health app i feel like is one that a lot of times I forget to go into, but they're adding more and more to that. Yeah, um, they've added diagnostic quizzes. So the same mm -hmm. ones that they would use at the doctor's office, you can now take on your iPhone for anxiety and depression. And mm -hmm. I think a couple of other things as well. So you can go take the diagnostic quiz right there on your iPhone to get some feedback about your mental health and to confirm probably what you are suspecting or, to, or, <laughs> or so on. And along with that, so you can get that diagnostic tool. And then also, um, there's a feature that you can use in the health app on your iPhone, or you can use it on your Apple watch. If you update to watch OS 10 and that, um, lets you rate your well-being, So you can kind of do a little check-in every day and, uh, they have like different 
shapes and colors associated with feeling terrible to feeling great. And you can track that over time. And, you know, there are a lot of apps that do that, that can, it can be sometimes hard to recognize a trend that you're kind of doing worse generally having like less of a good outlook. And so like tracking things like that can be helpful. So that's something that Apple is doing. I have mixed feelings about whether or not I'll actually use it just because so far, some of the Apple watch features like reminding you to breathe and things like that. I've found annoying. I think for me, it kind of hinges on how well they're able to, um, analyze and show you trends based on what you're entering because I think, like, I think the breathe thing was a little bit of a mess like that was a mess have you remembered to breathe lately i have actually telling you to breathe dead. yeah it's not super helpful i think where things get more helpful is if they're if your phone can accurately um kind of notice a trend and point it out to you. Yes. Like for instance, Colin was just telling me about this app, Well Tori, that yeah. um tells you can even be like, hey, if you keep this up, you're gonna get sick. Like right. you're well, fighting Tori the flu. Is a third party app that I really like that tracks your heart rate variability and it can predict when you're about to get sick. It's not a perfect predictor, but it successfully predicted it for me. Um, But that's not an iOS 17 feature. iOS 17 does include a bunch of cool mental health uh, diagnostics and tracking tools. Um, Definitely, I think a lot of people are going to get some use out of those tools. Yeah, and then the final tool um, that was interesting, you need an Apple Watch for this, is in the mental well-being, there's a daylight tracker, but you have to wear your Apple Watch and it'll tell you how much um, day, how much uh, light you're getting. So that's... Um, Who would it know? I don't know. It must be like some sensor on your Apple Watch. So it can tell like if you're not getting Ooh. enough sunshine that that might be contributing to a poor mental well-being. Yeah, this is the sort of... So, you know, there's... On the one hand, like we're all, no one wants nanny watch like constantly telling you to breathe, yeah, right? like telling you things you already know, like hey, you're stressed out, hey, you're stressed out, like I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but if the if the watch or the phone can tell you, you know, you're stressed out because you haven't gotten enough daylight, like, and this is your trend, like you're way below average on how much daylight you've been getting, then hey, um, that is useful actually. Reminding me to breathe, less useful. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're not getting enough oxygen. Uh, I would have noticed, I think. (laughs) But um, that brings me to another thing that we we moved past, uh, kind of at the intersection of, we were talking about Apple Maps, and now we're talking about health and wellness. Um, And safety is a thing that there's a new feature in the Messages app called Check-In which I am really excited about. This is such a good feature. It lets you, in the Messages app, in the Messages app drawer, you can send a check-in to someone. And it basically lets you set up a short-term sharing of your location while you're, uh, for, for whatever reason. So you can, and it's, it doesn't share your whole location. So it's not as intrusive as location sharing. Instead, what it does is it will automatically message them after a set period with your new location. And if you still have your, and like you you can set it to be like when you last unlocked your phone and what your battery life is like on your phone, just little details that you can use to confirm to someone that you made it home safely, Mm -hmm. right? Or that you 
you know, that you made it safely through a, a sketchy situation. So sending somebody a check-in before you set out, I mean, the number of times people are like, call me when you get home, make sure you get home all right. Well, this lets you do that without needing to necessarily call them. It's just a great little tool. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of use out of that. Yeah, I successfully tested that out uh, with Amy. We were doing some iOS 17 testing and... Um, and I really liked that you could choose either like in an hour, it's going to tell Amy where I am, or it's going to tell Amy within four hours, I think I said, when I get to this restaurant that I'm going to. So it gives you some versatility um, in the type of scenarios you want to use it in. But definitely people going on first dates strikes me as a great yeah. scenario to use this. But it could also be like your child or grandchild is traveling on their own for the first time and you want to make sure they get to their destination, things or like my that. my car broke down, I'm going to send a check-in if I'm walking to, I can see a, I can see a gas station, but I'm going to walk over there. Like there's so many situations where you want to send somebody a little check-in, automated check-in system that's like, hey. Yeah. Let's, let's just, you know, make sure that we made it through, <laughs> through this okay. <laughs> Have you used NameDrop yet? No, I haven't. So that's an, another interesting feature. We talked about these contact posters you can create in uh, your contacts or phone app. Um, you can now share that the, your contact card with people just on contact by like tapping your phones together. Yeah. Um, and so that's great if you're like at a conference or a networking event, or built-in business card basically. Yeah. And you share it just by tapping your phone to there. It's very helpful. <laughs> yeah, I will actually, so this is one that actually, like while I was first testing out features, I was alone in Mount Shasta. And so now I need to test it out with other iOS 17 people. Cause I'm like, surely there has to be another way you're initiating it besides just tapping your phones together. Cause otherwise you, a lot of times are going to be sharing your contact yeah. card when you don't want to be. <laughs> um, but one thing that I like about it that I was reading up on is it does let you choose how much of your contact card to share. Cause like for my own personal reasons, it's really handy to have my work and home address on there and also all my social media stuff. But I don't want to share that with everyone. I might just want to share my phone number and my name, you know? Um, so it does let you tailor how much of your personal information you're giving away. I haven't tried this. Do you want to try when, it right now? Yeah. So it says, um, make sure you have airdrop turned on. So you in control center, make sure your Bluetooth and um, Wi-Fi are turned on. Tap airdrop. Drop, like turn it on? Tap everyone for 15 minutes. Oh yeah, you've got to go into your top left set of controls and long press on it. Okay. To get all the controls. And then under airdrop, oh. long press. And make everyone sure you've got it set minutes. to everyone for 10 minutes. Otherwise, it won't accept the airdrop. From there, all you have to do is touch the tops of your phones together. Um, Boop. We're booping. Okay. Oh, hey. Look, cool. Whoa, it's working. Cool. It's got a cool little animation, and it shoots uh, share. Nice. So I say share, and then I also just got Boom. your contact card. Wow. Actually, that was cool. Yeah, I it have to say. It had a little say. magic ripple that ran across both screens. Yeah, like, like they, magic. Like they were we momentarily just, connected. We just swapped business cards <laughs> digitally. <laughs> that was cool. So, yeah. I have to say, if you are listening to this at home and feeling left out, you could go sign up for the public beta. 
Um, if you just Google Apple beta software or I go to our show notes, it. you I, can do it. You can. You can install the beta. <laughs> I uh, understand if you feel left out at home is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, the betas. The betas run a, a range of bugginess, right? Like they're betas for a reason. Um, and there have definitely been some annoying bugs in this beta. So while we're going through all the really cool features that are coming out with iOS 17, I would at this point recommend that you wait until the official release. <laughs> Yeah, because like for I have certain apps, like I have a workout app that I use and pay for, and it basically just doesn't work. Right. Now, and because like it hasn't been updated for iOS 17 yet, Apple stuff is going to be buggy, but at least it's like be, <laughs> being built for iOS 17 we already. Thank you for your sacrifice, Donna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, there's still a few more features I want to talk about. I know Dang. that we're running out of time, um, but... So we got through name drop. The other one, there are a few other like little things that I love in the reminders app. It now lets you set your list type to grocery if you want. And oh, then it just so auto cool. sorts it by the aisle it you should go to subheadings based on different aisles and sets of stuff. So if you tell the reminders list that it is a grocery list, it sorts itself into the items that are near each other in the store, which you know, it won't be perfect because every store is a little different, but it's like, give us some of those section I headings. I hate aiming, wand uh, aim aimlessly wandering around a grocery store oh, and then the worst. <laughs> going all the way to the dairy section and then realizing that I forgot one other produce item and have and to go all the way back over there. weird music at you and you're hungry and you there's just no want windows. the food. <laughs> so this has a produce section. It has um, sauces and condiments, snacks and candy coffee and tea, um, things like that, that it just auto sorted for me based on the grocery right. list I had. And so it's got a section for dairy eggs and plant, plant proteins. proteins, like presuming that those three things are going to be near each other in the refrigerated section. It's got yeah. a sub list for them. Very helpful. That is great. I love it. I know. So I'm going to start using this app for this. I, the, this is the reminders app. Yes. And there, there's other just Cool updates like sprinkled throughout. Oh, the journal app. This is something that we're gonna we're gonna have to add on to our iOS 17 guide later this year. But Apple has a whole brand new journal app that they're coming out with that's gonna compete with a lot of really great third-party ones. Like I pay for one called Day One that I love. Um, but this seems like it's gonna have all the same features. It's can do secure password protection, so it's completely private. Unlike the Notes app, is not really optimized for that, even though you can password protect it. And you can, you could keep a journal in the notes app, but the notes app is sort of optimized for just like random, like I need to scribble this down yeah. really quickly sort of stuff rather than dedicated note writing. An, uh, an app designed for dedicated note writing is going to do automatic like dates and times, and it's going to have different entries for different days and stuff like that. And it's much more like Apple. It was more on the kind of the mental health topic where Apple is, um, trying to give you a, a place to reflect on your life. You can go in and add photos and music and audio recordings. It'll have prompts. It's like, I have a bit of a mixed reaction to gratitude journals, honestly, cause I don't want to be like pressured to feel any different way than I feel, but it does have, um, it does have gratitude oriented prompts that could help you kind of focus on the good in your life, which 
pretty sure is scientifically shown to be positive for your well-being. <laughs> I haven't seen that science, but it seems reasonable. Yeah. So um, that one, it's a, I really will have to do hands-on testing before I can tell you if I like it or not. But I think it's an exciting one to try. Um, I think it's, they say late 2023 for that. I wanted to ask you how you felt about the FaceTime updates. So one FaceTime update that I think is cool, and I don't know about all of them, but this one is cool. You can now leave messages if someone misses your FaceTime call. Mm -hmm. So you try to FaceTime, audio or video, audio or video. So you can leave a video voicemail or an audio voicemail, I suppose. Um, which I don't know, this isn't like revolutionary. <laughs> Maybe that feature should have been there all along, but it wasn't. And it wasn't there on Skype or on Facebook Messenger or, you know, the, these different phone replacement apps, digital phone apps, none of them had this feature. So the assumption, I guess, was that if they missed your call, you would just text them a message. But now, you know, you're all situated to do a video call with someone. And if they miss your call, you just record a message just like we're used to doing on the phone and that is a good thing <laughs> it should have been there all along it's great yeah i um i agree but what do you think about i think like the thing that caught my attention the most um was you can do this weird kind of cutout mode now where if you screen share it'll like cut out around you and you're kind of floating in the foreground being like, Hey, so wow. Weird. Like this presentation is behind you. And there's something so, about it that felt weird and creepy to me, even though I'm like, I guess that's cool technology. So you know how, uh, what's it called? Uh, meteorologists, the weather people on yeah. the news. Oh, that's exactly what it's can like. Stand in front of the, the meteorology map and, and like gesture at it. You can do that in <laughs> in FaceTime calls now. So you can share like a PowerPoint slide or something on your phone, and then you can project yourself onto the slide and like gesture at it with your hands. Like one thing, it seems weird because most of the time FaceTime, I'm just using for friends and family. Right. And so if I'm like screen sharing something like online shopping, but then I'm going to be in the front being like, what do you think about this one? It's going to be like a little miniature me. It We're seemed start weird. We're going to our, our iPhone life tip of the day videos this way. We're going to have a, a projection of me on top of your phone pointing to the app it's this app here i know <laughs> now go the, the weather pattern is moving this way <laughs> oh and then the other thing that's weird is now if you do like there's all these hand gestures you can do that will um create effects like if you do two thumbs up what happens again uh let me look this I up i don't remember the two thumbs up i'm sorry okay so i can tell you Re react with hand gestures Forming a heart shape with both oh, hands right. fills your screen with hearts. If you Giving do two the heart thumbs up. Symbol, you get hearts everywhere. Yeah. Two thumbs up shoots off fireworks behind you. Oh, cool. Yeah. Double peace thumbs sign up fills the room with balloons. So it's basically like message reaction. Peace sign fills the room with Oh, because so if you go like right. peace. Peace. Um, and then it does the the yes, okay. Single thumbs up will result in a thumbs up icon in a bum bubble. A thumbs down will display a thumbs down icon in a bubble. It seems like one of those things that, um, I mean, maybe could be kind of a fun There's novelty. There's this feature, you can toggle this on in the Zoom app, um, and it never worked. I've turned it on every time I've seen the option to turn it on, and it's never actually functioned. So I'm curious to see if Apple actually gets it working, um, where it will recognize your gestures and play screen effects based on your gestures. Uh, it could be kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Double thumbs up fireworks. <laughs> that's a meme. I don't know. That's going to be a thing. 
Yeah. The last feature I, I did want to mention was just, um, for people kind of on the fence about Safari versus using other browsers. Um, uh, Safari now has the option to set up multiple profiles. Yes. So you could have like a work profile and a personal profile and other ones too, depending School on different activities. And that seems like a good step. Um, I'm someone who I struggle a lot with switching between uh, different context, browsers. Context switching is can really throw you off your game. Um, I just keep on. I'm like, you know, I know Chrome isn't as good about privacy, like, or so I keep going back to Safari. But it is really hand, handy. A lot of the features they have. So I'm always happy when Safari is adding more. Safari is a solid web browser. I mostly don't use it. I use Firefox because I have a Windows machine on my network, but the, um, the ability to create different profiles. So the funny thing about this is you can create new profiles and each profile has its own tab groups, bookmarks, and history. So browsing that you do in one tab group doesn't carry over to the other. So you could have all your Google docs for your school or for your work or for one of your hobbies in one profile and then switch over to the other profile when you need to context switch to a different task or to a different environment. The thing that's a little funny about this is that when you use different profiles in Chrome, they're usually assigned to different like Google workspace accounts. And there's like a bunch of apps, you know, docs and, and uh, spreadsheets and, and Google drawings and stuff that are associated with each of those Google accounts. So when you're switching to a different profile in Chrome, you're really switching to a whole different set of tools and storage space and so on. And the profile in Safari does not go that deep. It's just browsing history, tab groups, um, and bookmarks, which, yeah, that's a different context, but it's not going to be like a whole different Google Drive and a whole different iCloud Drive or something like that. That would be cool. If we could have multiple profiles, each with their multiple Apple IDs signed into the same uh, device, and you could context switch between different iClouds with different, like all your notes are different and all your, all your uh, pages are different, all the different things that are synced with your iCloud swap out to a different person, that would be great. And I am waiting for that day because then you could have multi-user devices. That would be cool. But this is just... Uh, just in Safari. It's like a, a nod in the direction of, of profile switching. Yeah. Although I don't let like on your Mac, you can switch, you know, your users, yep. Yep. but, um, I don't know. I kind of like this as like more of a, like I could still just use the same user for certain work and personal things without having to switch into a completely different desktop. Um, but not, yeah. but kind of still separate out what I'm searching. I don't know. There are pros and cons to each. It would be really great to have multi-user support across more devices. We've been saying that for a long time, especially the iPad. Like especially the iPad. Lots of people want to share their iPad. But um, we have uh, reached the end of our hour. I did want to do a question of the week. What are you all most excited about with iOS 17? It can be features we talked about today or other ones that we didn't get to. Email us at podcast at iphonelife.com. We love to hear from all of you. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts on iOS 17? I think that it's an accumulation of small changes that make a big difference. Mm -hmm. And one thing about this accumulation of small changes that I think is kind of cool is that a lot of them are really hidden. So it's actually kind of the hidden gems update. It's full of really cool buried stuff, um, which makes it fun to explore. 
I agree. I would say over half of it, I wouldn't have found on my own of the coolest stuff. And I actually am, am loving using them. And, and, and one more thought on that is that one cool thing about having all the features be kind of little ones that are sort of distributed and buried is that the overall experience doesn't change so much that it throws people off. Yeah. Right? Like when they do these big updates and everything changes, it's everybody just rolls their eyes and sighs. Like, can you please stop moving my stuff around and making things worse <laughs> or just different for no reason, right? Yeah. This is not the different for no reason update. This is the why wasn't it like this all along update? Like, this is the ton of cool, buried, useful things that just work basically the same way but are better. Yeah, like a thank you for listening to us update. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's always a pleasure when we can have you on the podcast, Colin. Thanks so much yeah, for, for joining me. today. It's always a pleasure to be here. All right. Bye, everyone.